0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm your host,
1: Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Robert Luke, Associate
2: Editor at Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts.
0: I want to begin today's... With you, Jeff, there was a number of updates that happened over the last two weeks just as we went through the holiday season. I'd like to know more. I think you have important updates from our friends at Precision, don't you?
2: We do. And this um, is a... Pretty significant moment for Precision um, because they now they've now um, completed their first A321 PCF conversion at the Heiko facility in Xiamen, China. Um, of course, the Heiko Xiamen facility um, is already doing a lot of work for and has been doing a lot of work for Precision with their seven five seven conversions. Um, but as we know, um, they last year. They started working on their first A three twenty one, and um, now you know this aircraft is is finally complete, and it left um, Charmin uh, earlier this week and um, made its way to Montpellier in France. Um, this one belongs to Cross Ocean Partners, uh, and we'll see where it ends up with which operator it ends up with. But another interesting thing is that in Montpellier, um as far as we know, there are now three um A321 freighters, two EFW conversions and this um the first Shaman PCF conversion. So I mean there's yeah there's there's a, a maintenance facility there, but um I would love to be um in Montpellier so I can spot these three A32121s um together at that facility. Um you know, where they get painted and post conversion maintenance and all that um, ahead of them being placed with uh, their operators. But uh, yeah, wouldn't that be cool to see um, three freshly converted A321s together? That, That would be awesome. Absolutely.
0: Well, we all know how you like to spend your weekends, Jeff. Um, I, I would—I'll say the A three twenty one wasn't the only uh, narrow body uh, freighter airframe that saw news this week. Didn't we also see regional developments with the 737
2: 800 uh, F? Yeah, we did. Um, and I mean, I, I I wish that they hadn't announced this uh, while we were all off and on the second the last day of the year. But um Aerolinias Argentinas is now um, gonna get two um 737, 800 freighters uh in the coming months. Um but we did a bit more digging and we now I've confirmation actually from the airline that these two units are gonna be um two at least from Macquarie Air Finance. Um, and interestingly one of these was previously actually um in passenger service with uh the airline itself so um returning to to Aerolineas Argentinas um and i mean actually at some point last year i think they had issued um an RFP for uh freighter, for 737 800 freighters so um yeah there's, this is another um airline um and specifically in Latin America. Um another one that is now gonna enter or re enter the freighter space um with the help of seven three seven eight hundreds. Um so we'll I mean and it kind of this deal um reminds us of the goal and Mercado Libre deal in some ways because they are as Argentinas um, is doing this with the help of um an argentinian company called mergor and uh, it's we don't know the exact details of that deal but um this kind of conglomerate um is both um you know a manufacturer of various parts and components um agricultural shipments but Um, It also set up its own logistics business, presumably to, um, you know, ship its own products out to customers, um, at least partly. So, um, you know, and and they're going to do that uh, better, I would think, um, with the help of uh, Aerolíneas Argentinas and its two freighters. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And um, so that's... One of the few Latin American carriers um, that we know of, right now at least, um, that will have um, seven three seven eight hundred freighters.
0: That's very exciting news. I'm I, I'm always happy to see um, such activity for the entire uh, LATAM region. Um, really quickly, I wanted to bring up another item of news that happened um, earlier this week and that was mountain air cargo beginning uh, revenue flights using the Cessna 408. Now that will be the first for that brand new type. uh, The PT6 powered uh, regional cargo aircraft um, which has been uh, taken by Mountain and Empire. Empire Airways expected to be in their revenue flights uh, in March as soon as they uh, complete work with the FAA to get the aircraft onto their uh, air carrier certificate. Um, but speaking of FedEx, I want to go to Robert Luke now. Robert, mm. you sat in on their financial earnings call just before the end of the year. And from what I heard, this, rather
1: dramatic, wasn't it? Yeah, dramatic is a courteous way of describing what's going on based on the actual call that took place. Um, You know, as every other company, so you can't really uh, blame FedEx for taking the measures that they've taken and uh, have released in this quarterly call, as most are already bracing for the impact and uh, applying cost-saving techniques for the uh, un- uh, unidentified, or, or I should say, unwritten global recession that we are all currently experiencing right now. So, um, you know, part of that discussion entailed some uh, positive means of saving up to almost $1.2 billion of the projected budget they had laid out for their 2022 2023, excuse me, fiscal year. And as I, uh, you know, continue to focus on this particular uh, story, You know, one of the things that was uh, very interesting was how you know they're retiring the older aircraft. And initially, right off the bat, you tend to think, okay, yeah, that's cost-cutting measures that makes sense because the older aircraft usually require more work and maintenance, and um, definitely burn a lot more fuel than some of the newer models that they currently have in their fleet. But the interesting part that that's definitely kind of making me think from an alternative perspective here is, you know, e-commerce and express shipping hasn't really trailed off. I mean, we could safely say that, right? So was this decision based on a forecasted projection? One, was it partly because Amazon, who may have probably put in more supply than demand, is now entering the space that was only available to the existing three greatest express couriers that are known to the world in DHL, FedEx, and UPS. And, you know, are they starting to, you know, rub elbows in a space that made fedex have to make some drastic decisions or three is this basically fedex taking the proactive approach of safeguarding their assets their growth their capital and just kind of weathering the storm which we hope will be a um, very small storm that only lasts for a short time until things start to kind of stabilize and the growth continues to proceed in a positive trajectory Gentlemen, I brought those three points up to get some feedback because I think I want to kind of dive deeper into this to give our perspective. It's not to say our perspective is correct, but it's just an opinion that of what we feel is the situation that may be going on right here as you know FedEx continues to make some more cost-cutting measures and and uh, tactics to save their uh, revenue.
0: You you know I, I I'm looking at y- your reporting. Um, Robert I think what's 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 really interesting is the aircraft that are being retired. Now you have the retirement of the um MD10 uh which mm-hmm. was the latest edition from the venerable DC10. Now that's that's an old airframe. It They're is. not yeah. retiring their MD11s which would be the the updates. They're still flying them. They instead are choosing to retire two 757s along with mm-hmm. one A300 um mm-hmm. and the remainder of their MD 10s and I think that it's 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 interesting to see the 757s being removed from service before the MD 11s because that would I, as you said it makes sense to retire older aircraft less efficient mm-hmm. I, I would imagine from an efficiency standpoint the 757 would would outclass the um the MD 11 um but that's not the case there, that seems like it's a decision being made on, on volume. Now there's a lot of yes. there's a lot that goes into fleet management. I don't know the state. Maybe these aircraft are particularly high time airframes and would be cost a lot more money to keep them operating. Uh, that's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it, it makes me wonder how there are. are, are, are what the role of volume plays into FedEx um, fleet management.
1: And, 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 you know, as much as I love the MD-10, Andrew, and you made a great point, you know, one thing that sticks out to me is I don't even think maybe a couple of days after we published this story, um, confirmation came that those remaining MD-10s that weren't supposed to actually be retired until Next, uh, next, uh, I think second quarter of next year are already on the ground in park. So, is that FedEx being proactive to weather the storm, or is that FedEx feeling the crunch potentially from Amazon that said, "Hey, we've got too many planes. Our seven sixes are way younger, more fuel efficient, can carry the same volume. We're going to start invading FedEx's space." This is just me putting something out there that I'm not saying is true, but just kind to you know create a different thought a a different thought or analysis on the subject you know because we got to we have to remember fedex and amazon were once partners for a very long time until you know that uh, that unfortunate uh partnership unfortunately that partnership came to an end for reasons I'm, i'm not going to disclose but we'll just say the marriage didn't end well so are we seeing what could possibly become uh another competitor entering into that express company express integrator space
2: well, no, I mean, the MD-10s were were always going to go by the end of this year, but um, they kind of accelerated that timeline a bit. Um, and in terms of the, I think we have to be careful because with the MD-11s, A300s, and 757s, um, we, we do see them um, sending these aircraft types to the desert uh, for storage um, mm-hmm. and some of those may not actually be permanent retirements just yet. Um, they do monitor obviously the market and depending on what the conditions are like they they you know send they park planes but they also reactivate planes. Um, mm-hmm. so some of those that are um, in Victorville um, may still, come out um, and back into service um but I mean actually the speaking of md11s actually they did actually send uh another one to Victorville earlier this week um so yeah I mean that's it, we will continue to see more of these kinds of movements uh whether that's with the md11s or the uh, 757s or the or the a300s um but so you know and of course they've got, they continue to have new 767 deliveries, so those, um, as as you said in your story, Rob, the routes that they flew with the MD10s, uh, we're now seeing those operated by um, a, mix, a combination of MD11s or 767s. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a constantly fluid um, dynamic, isn't it? And yeah, it, it's such a complicated and tough job to be managing the fleet and deciding what capacity goes where um, and all that?
1: Well, yes, it is a very uh, you know difficult task. But is it really that complex? I mean, if we look at it, and if we probably ran the MSNs on the 275s that I wrote about, they got put away. One, how old are they? That's what Andrew made a great point of. Two, let's look at the aircraft that they're retiring. They're the olders aircraft models that are in their fleet as they continue to ramp up replacements with the 767s that they're getting uh, freshly delivered from Boeing. So is that, you know, is it is it a smokescreen? I mean, you know, with FedEx, they've always been very good about keeping things un- under the belt without revealing too much and being very, very key in their decisions because everything's always based on their strategy, their model of success. So um, with that being said, you know, is it them in panic mode, or is it them in preservation mode, or is it them preparing to attack? That's well. The- another
2: factor is also um, the engines on these airplanes because um, FedEx's MD-11s they have a mixture of D 6 and PW four thousand powered MD-11s. And um, I, if I remember correctly, it seemed like they were they were re- removing the. I think they were removing uh, the Pratt ones uh in favor of the DF6s and in fact they um acquired a couple of Lufthansa MD11s um a couple of years ago um for, mostly for parts and so um yeah that that is a factor as well and of course the history of each individual frame and the cycles but um yeah it's also uh, I wonder whether we'll see um, similar moves from UPS, uh, which also has a large MD-11 fleet, and which also acquired um, and put into service uh, a couple of Lufthansa MD-11s.
1: Yeah, and that's a different philosophy there. Uh, You know, they obviously are two of the uh, biggest express companies in the world, and and for uh, obvious reasons. But, you know, from my perspective, I see UPS's, more of the conservative you know and I guess it's maybe because of the 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 color of their of their marketing and their and their library being the white and brown brown is kind of like a relaxing color but I see them as the laid-back express company where FedEx is kind of like you know um we're measured but we strike and when we strike we strike hard and DHL is just like look any place anywhere anytime we're going there as long as we can have the uh capacity to to meet the demand and when it doesn't meet the demand we don't lose anything on first skin because we have CMI partnerships. We could just park the aircraft and wait till business picks back up. You know, so uh, you know, looking at all three of those, I, I think you know this. To me, I just think it's a chess move. I, I, I that's my honest opinion as far as what FedEx is doing. It's definitely a chess move. Uh, I don't think they're reeling. I think they're uh, preparing to uh, flank the six of whoever their competitors are and 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 sneak attack.
2: That's the other thing, actually. They uh, kind of hinted at um, using more uh, third-party lift, And, I mean, they didn't go into detail, but I wonder what that means uh, and how that will affect the third-party providers um, that have been supporting FedEx. And, you know, does that mean more opportunities for those carriers, potentially, um, well, and so that yeah, that will be interesting to see um, the effects of that.
1: And and it's not like they don't have the inventory where they can't do it. If you look at some of the aircraft that are, that they have parked, they probably still have good life in them. And if they can, uh, you know, establish partnerships like some of these, uh, third co- like a lot of these logistic companies like Mercado Libre, where they get own controlled assets being operated by somebody else, they could easily just partner with those companies. If the business is not coming directly to them, and still indirectly get paid, okay, I can give. I'll give you my assets. You fly it for them, and then I'm still getting paid off for putting my airplanes to work. I mean, that's that's one way of looking at it, you know.
0: I I think what's what's striking to me um, as far as when you're looking at the the change up for FedEx, if you want to look at it. As FedEx versus Amazon. If Amazon's cutting into FedEx space, and this is a reaction to that, um, which I, I'm not sure if if that's that's how I see it. But on, under the on that narrow gaze, we know during Cargo Fax um in, in, in San Diego, Amazon announced that they were turning to the A330 F platform to replace its 767s. And I would I'm not saying I would love the competition, but I'll be very interested to see fleet performance years from now when you have FedEx fleet with their 767s competing against Amazon A330s to see which which aircraft um, serves uh, of its respective operators. But um, I think that's going to be an interesting contest to see
1: in that company it's all about the fuel burn and cost savings.
0: <laughs> Not even. I, I think that I, there's a there's a there's a dramatic space for volume. I I know um Jeff with I I hope this would will become an award-winning story reporting on the uh, enlargement of the cargo door of the A350 um competing against the 777 Frager, and both of which are just trying to meet a volume capacity that's left open with the retirement of the older 747s. Um I, I think volume has a, a is a huge role to play um for the next generation uh fleet. I it's not to say that it's not you're certainly not wrong. Efficiency is a huge factor. Um but it's not the only one. Uh,
1: it isn't but is volume like payload once was is it just trendy because now everyone's jumping to that. And it's going to just basically be a trend that eventually fades out because at the end of the day, uh, you know, fuel efficiency and operational costs will always trump anything else? Or is it actually the long term uh, new formula to successful air cargo delivery?
0: And on that question, that is going to be all the time we have for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, please search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and search CargoFacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in.